The Mind Aware, 184. Ready, fire, aim. I can do anything I want with my life and no one can stop me. Once you shift these habits and you do it long enough, it becomes so easy and natural. I am on a ball in outer space. I bet you try salad tomorrow for breakfast after hearing this. Get a tattoo on your forehead that says shift your focus. It'll make it so easy. Music comes from the space between the notes. Bam. That's it. No truer words have been spoken. I love it. What kind of business do you want? Do you want a brick and mortar or do you want a click and order? I want people to practice good legal hygiene. I'm a foodie too. Hello everyone. This is Dana Wild with the Mind Aware Show and welcome. Do you ever find that you wish you could do more, but you're a little nervous or a little scared about stepping up? Or do you have big dreams and sometimes you wonder if they're too big? Do you feel like maybe you're playing small and maybe you could be playing bigger? Well, if that sounds like you, let me tell you something. I know you're going to be so stoked and you're going to be so stoked about this interview today, mainly because guess who requested it? You did. You know why? I have Tara Moore here. She is the best-selling author of Playing Big, Practical Wisdom for Women Who Want to Speak Up, Create, and Lead. Hi, Tara. Hi. Hi to everyone, and thank you so much for having me today. Well, it's so good to have you here, and and as I said, couldn't be more pleased because so many of our followers have been reading your book. It's been influencing their lives. They've been seeing themselves in this. And so let's start out right there. Do you think this is a really big issue for women, this idea of playing small? Absolutely. And that's why I got so interested in this topic and started to do this work. I had just started my coaching practice uh, many years ago, and I had all these fabulous women clients. And I would just fall in love with each one of them being so inspired by their dreams, their talents, their work ethic, how conscientious and ethical they were. They wanted to make a positive contribution to the world. And I could see how gifted they were and how ready they were to lead. And yet again and again and again, I watched each one of them tell me why they weren't ready. They weren't qualified. They aren't an expert in that. They need more training first. And it, and it was obviously untrue. Mm-hmm. And then I looked around and I said, you know, my friends are grappling with the same thing. My colleagues in what was then my day job, my fabulous women colleagues are grappling with the same thing. I'm grappling with the same thing. What is this that's causing us to not feel ready or trust our voices and ourselves? Yeah. And uh, got really interested in that. And in fact, later when I surveyed my blog readers and asked them, what's the biggest challenge in your life? And I gave them a list of options from work, family balance to financial issues, to health issues, to all those things we normally talk about. I added one other thing. I'm playing small. And guess what? That was the number one thing that my readers said were the biggest was the biggest challenge in their life. Yeah. So this is real. Yeah, it is real. You know, it was interesting. We did a mastermind recently where we had um, about 12 women in the room and 
each person had an opportunity to talk about their business and the shifts. And the really underlying theme that was so shocking was that each person was so just like huge and bold and amazing and beautiful and all these things. And each one didn't see it the way the rest of the people in the room saw it. And so why do you think it is? Is it just cultural training or why is it that we're not able to see ourselves so clearly like other people see us? Right. Well, I think there's a couple layers to it. There's a universal layer that's true for women and men, which is that when we're sharing our gifts, when we're speaking up, when we're going for our passions, that feels scary and vulnerable. And the part of us that wants to get us to go back into the comfort zone will often try and use the strategy of beating us up and taking on that inner critic voice to try and convince us we can't do it. That's universal. And then on top of that, for women, we have all that conditioning. Don't shine too bright. Don't stand out. Prioritize harmony with others. Make sure you're likable to everyone all the time. And we don't have the role models and the conditioning that say, yeah, no problem. You can go do this. So women are really at this amazing historical moment where it's up to us to not just make outer change in the world, which is so important, but to look at what is my psychological legacy from the thousands of years of history of women being excluded from professional life and public life and political life. What's that legacy? How does it live in my mind and heart? And then what can I do to let go of it? And that's in many ways what the playing big process is about. Mm-hmm. I like that terminology. What is my psychological legacy? It's almost like year after year, decade after decade, era after era of cultural, it's like playing on the sidelines. And I think you right. said something really big here where you said this idea of having to be likable to everyone at every time. I want to address that before we get into more only because I think it runs so true and it's so counterintuitive for entrepreneurs. Like one of the key things to being a good entrepreneur is being able to speak up and know that some of the people aren't going to like what you have to say because you're looking for your tribe. You right. know, you're looking for the people who hear you. And maybe that's true in all areas of life. I don't know, Tara, you tell me. But what do you do about that? How do you get over that everybody has to like me thing? Right. Well, the first thing is you can understand it. And it took me actually years, even after I started doing this work, to really understand it. And what prompted me to uh, get very curious about this was that when I was coaching women or in my Playing Big course, we would get to this section on unhooking from praise and criticism, which I always knew that that's part of the journey that's got to be part of the course. And I would start talking to women about, well, okay, what if you did that thing that is going to be controversial in your field? What if you did that thing that you know not everybody is going to like? And I would listen to them walk through that possibility and hear their voices trembling. And my intuitive feeling in my heart was, God, they sound like they feel like their life is threatened. Why do they feel like their life is threatened by this? We talk about so many other Deep subjects and fears in this course, I never hear fear like that except when we're talking about criticism. And then I went away and thought about that for a long time. And I realized that, again, that legacy, right, for most of human history, how did women survive? While we didn't survive by our physical might, we didn't have the most strength and physical might. We didn't have legal or political protections. 
we couldn't own financial property, so we couldn't secure ourselves some resources and know we'd be safe to go if we needed to go or support ourselves and our children if we need to. What did we have? We had social and relational influence. Mm -hmm. That's how we could survive. And so we learned to survive that way. And we learned that rocking the boat could be dangerous or life-threatening because for millennium, it was for us. Mm -hmm. So again, we have to unlearn that and having a lot of compassion for ourselves with that. And then on top of that, there's some really practical tools in terms of what do you do now? Well, one, you really internalize the idea that all good work is going to bring criticism and praise, not just praise, period. Substantive work, especially done from women, brings a spectrum of reactions. And then two, I strongly believe, and this is one of the more radical ideas um, that people often raise their eyebrows at first, but I strongly believe that feedback does not ever tell you anything about yourself. It tells you about the person or the people giving the feedback. Yeah, you're in the right crowd for that one. We all, <laughs> we all totally agree with that. Absolutely right. And this is like core of brain training is that we're all living in our own worlds of perception, right? And right. So, yeah, I'm with you 100% on this. And I, I want to repeat what you just said because I think this is so key. So, first of all, the key point that this criticism isn't about you. It's about the person who's giving it. And secondly, all good work all good work is going to receive both criticism and praise. And, you know, I would even say, Tara, that you're on to something so strongly here that it's almost like if you don't get criticism, then you're probably not doing as good a work as you right. could be doing, right? Are you taking a stand? Are you being a change agent? Are you having a strong voice? Probably not. If everyone finds it so palatable, you don't hear from anyone. Yeah, and, of course, criticism, you know, the idea that criticism is about the person giving it, that doesn't mean we ignore it. If you're an entrepreneur and you get a lot of negative feedback on a product from your customers or you put something out there and you hear crickets, right, nobody buys, <laughs> that is really important feedback. And you want to go learn more about it. You want to understand it. You probably want to incorporate it and adapt yourself to it. But you're doing all of that because it's information about your customers' needs and preferences. And if you can understand that, it becomes strategic information for you. If you're interpreting it as about you, you're on an emotional roller coaster with it. You're feeling like a failure. You're feeling like you just can't do the thing you're trying to do. And that's where we get really stuck with feedback. Yeah, yeah, I, I love it. It's not like we're not willing to be coachable and we're not willing to learn or that we aren't capable of making mistakes. We all are. But the idea is understanding the difference. The other piece I want to bring up that you said that I like, it sounds to me like what you're saying then is culturally for eons, we have not only adapted and survived with this mentality of being likable, but it's also what we tend to get praised and rewarded for. And so having this history of growing up and being praised and rewarded for this type of behavior, uh, that's where we're getting our feel goods from. You know what I mean? For sure, and for so, sure. So how do you break out of that habit of getting your feel-goods from that external source? How do you start acting from more of an internal place? Well, there's, an, there's a few different doorways into that. Um, one is what I call the inner mentor, and that's a part of the Playing Big journey where you connect with, um, through a guided visualization, an older, wiser, more authentic version of yourself. And that's such a powerful connection for people when they make it. And that woman can help you 
stay rooted in what's your truth, not worry too much about other people's feedback. She's a very, very powerful source for that. That's one. The second is focusing on your callings and service. You know, when we get caught up in what other people think, it's usually because we've lost our connection, our deep connection to what am I ultimately trying to serve here? What am I trying to contribute to the good? And when we're really connected to that, other people's voices become so much less important. True, true that. Yeah, you're absolutely right. It's like when you know your truth and you're speaking your truth, you really are centered. You stay on message with that. I really like that. I think a lot of women have confusion around who they're supposed to ask for feedback from and what kind of feedback they want. And so you, you kind of end up in this situation where um, I think this is actually very common for women entrepreneurs where they have a new idea and they go talk to their spouse about it. And they don't preface that conversation by saying, here's the kind of support I want in this conversation. Like, it's okay to say to your spouse or your best friend or your mother or your sister or whoever you think can handle it to say, I want to tell you about this idea. And right now, what I want from you is just some cheerleading that I'm trying this out. I'm not really looking for feedback right now, and I don't need you to help me to evaluate it, right? I'm going to evaluate it with my customers because they're actually my target market and they know what they need. But right now, here's what I want from you, right? And really getting very clear about distinguishing whose feedback do you need to make your product better? And then where in your life are you just going for affirmation or support and asking for that? Because otherwise you start getting everybody's fears and projections and doubts and their issues with creativity, right? All lumped onto your idea. And um, that's no good. Nice advice. That is totally good advice. Ask for, tell them what you want them to tell you right back to you. That's how you do that. That's very, very good. I love it. Totally legitimate to ask for, what's the kind of support you're looking for in a conversation? And I'll tell you, you know, our partners actually, that can be a relief for them, right? Because if they, then they go, oh, you just need, okay, you know, I can do that. And then it's kind of like, oh, good. I'm not in this weird position of having to evaluate your idea. Well, I have no idea if that can work, right? Yeah, yeah. go into fix-it mode. That's so yeah. good. I love it. This is Dana Wild with the Mind Aware Show. We're having a really interesting chat with Tara Moore. She is the best-selling author of Playing Big, Practical Wisdom for Women Who Want to Speak Up, Create, and Lead. Obviously, go get her book, but I'm going to tell you, I'm going to give you a little bit of uh, invite over to taramore.com. That's T-A-R-A-M, like Mary, O-H-R.com. You're going to notice toward the bottom of the page, she's got her 10 Rules for Brilliant Women workbook. Go get that. It's free can do that while we're on break because we're going to take a short break and when we come back I'm going to ask Tara her best advice for what you can do today to get over self-doubt we'll be right back what's going on with you you seem so up all the time and your business is on fire what are you doing I started Train Your Brain You. It's the only program for entrepreneurs that addresses mindset and business growth strategies The idea behind the program is that when you feel good, you act great, and it's awesome. You can check it out at trainyourbrainu.com, and that's trainyourbrainu, the letter U, dot com. Is it expensive? Seriously, it's like you're a whole different person. It's only a dollar a day, and you get all of the latest tools to help you stay positive and grow your business. You would love it. Where do I go again? trainyourbrainu.com. 
That's Train Your Brain U, the letter U, dot com. Check it out today. Hi, this is Dana Wild with the Mind Aware Show. We're talking to Tara Moore, who is the author of Playing Big. And maybe you've noticed it. You know, she's out there helping women step up and kind of step into themselves, start speaking their truth, start playing a bigger game, stop playing small. And it's something we're conditioned to do. And of course, everybody is to a certain extent. But really, we've been bringing up some interesting observations. She's got some really good ideas about not only how we've been traditionally, but more importantly, how can you change it? How can you start to really access a bigger part of yourself and play a bigger game and step into your celebrity and play bigger? Make sure if you haven't done it already to head over to taramore.com. That's T. A-R-A-M, like Mary, O-H-R.com. If you scroll to the bottom, you're going to see you can get her 10 Rules for Brilliant Women workbook. Go and get that right now. Get into her world because I'm telling you, she is speaking the truth. She's speaking the truth, baby. So hi, Tara. You know, Tara, I have a belief, and maybe this is incorrect and you can correct me, but I think everybody suffers from self-doubt now and again. I'll tell you a little story. I used to belong to a women's social justice group back in my early 20s where we would actually just go out and we'd get arrested. I've been arrested many times, you know, on (laughs) behalf of women's issues. And we would get together and we would be like, yeah, let's go do this. And we're going to go do this. And then we would get by ourselves and there'd be that little voice that would be like, oh, no, we can't do that. You know, there'd be that self-doubt that comes up. And I, I often run into that, too, in working with entrepreneurs and my own business. There's a little voice that sometimes creeps up. And so do you have any advice for how to deal with self-doubt? I do. I do. This is one of my favorite topics to discuss. So the first thing, and this is the really the great news for everyone on the call, is that you do not have to get over having self-doubt. The goal here is not to become a confident person. And often, you know, when we picture our ideal future selves or we picture that person who their business has grown and they're doing this and they're that and they're giving their TEDx talk, we imagine that future version of ourselves as confident. And I always say, don't picture your ideal self as a confident rock star. Picture your ideal self as a completely racked with self-doubt rock star <laughs> because you can be both and you will be both. And And this is the thing. When you look at the narratives and the interviews with and the journal entries from really highly successful women, you do not hear, and then I confidently showed up for this and I confidently took this job. You hear so much self-doubt. Uh, the dean of engineering at Harvard, uh, first female dean, Cherry Murray, says, every single day I feel unqualified for my job. Uh, award-winning novelist Danny Shapiro says, every time I start a new writing project, I hear the voice saying, oh, this is, you've bit off more than you can chew now. You have no idea what you're doing. Twyla Tharp, best choreographer in North America, right, probably re- most renowned, says, when I start a new dance, I'm convinced that this is the one where the audience is going to walk out of the theater on opening night laughing because it's so bad. Mm-hmm. So what is distinguishing these women? Well, Twyla Tharp goes, oh, that's that voice again. Here I go to make my dance. Danny Shapiro says, there's the voice. I know it's there every time I write. Right. And Cherry Murray took that job. So the point is not to have the inner critic 
uh, be absent, but rather to learn how do we go, oh, there's my inner critic again, and not take direction from it, not make decisions based on it. That's the name of the game. Totally. I love that. It's. I'm telling you, Tara, I adore you. It's so oh, fun to have you here. Thank you so much. Thank you, and thanks for everyone who listened today. Yeah, it's really, really good stuff. And remember, go check her out at taramore.com, T-A-R-A-M-O-H-R.com. And thank you for being here and for stepping up and for being open, because, you know, everything that Tara has told us here today This is all doable, and it's doable now. It's doable today. I mean, think about it. You can go out starting right now, and you can hear that voice and say, you know what, there's that voice again. No big deal. I'm not going to let that stop me, and I'm not even going to worry about whether it goes away or whether it stays. I'm just going to go forward and take my baby steps and do what I can do and feel good and know that if I get criticism, that's probably a good sign and that I'm open and aware and speaking my truth and taking those steps to speak up more and more and define who I am and what that truth is because it's okay. I have a whole history of being praised and rewarded for being nice, for being likable and I'm doing everything I can to get more and more clear today you can do that now that's something everything she's told you is something you can do today and realize that you are getting better at this we're all learning this together and you know what it's time to start playing big this is Dana Wild with the Mind Aware Show and we'll see you next time there's nothing quite like a Dana rant say it over and over and over again because it makes me so happy to have something that rhymes. Stop cancel clear, all my love is here. Stop cancel clear, all my power is here. Like, oh my god, I was always told never to be selfish. I know. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> I just love it. It's just the little things, right? See you next time on the Mind Aware Show.